All right, gentlemen. Are we ready? Armity. I. Affirmative. Spoon. I was hoping someone would say. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am Dinosaur Neil, and I'm joined this week by Chairface Mike, Pirate Ben, Wookie. So, if you're wondering what's up with Ben, we are recording this on International Talk Like a Pirate Day. So, um. We may make him walk the plank before this is over. Uh, and we'll keel haul the scalawag. Our matey. Also, our wares are super leet. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> and our trackers are uh, free of spies. These are words that make sense, right? <laughs> These are pirate words, just a different kind of pirate. You scallywag. Makes as much sense as when people say enhance on a TV show. Uh, yes, we cracked. I was going to clear look. Just say enhance. Okay, this is this is sarcasm for all the people that listen to this. We cracked de nuvo on something. Right. I don't know something. Yeah. Something, something I'm gonna, piracy. I'm gonna get investigated now. Something, something, something pirates. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week in geek, uh, what do we got, people? We got a new pirate. Uh, we'll pirate tell you what we're talking about here in a bit. Um, <laughs> what a new trailer for Punisher. Oh, I missed that. I haven't watched it yet, but I heard it's very violent. It's very violent. <laughs> and not very well, much. it's the fucking Punisher. Well, let's put it this way. Um, this is really nice. By the way, I'm drinking a Blue Lagoon tonight. We'll explain why later. Um, <laughs> cliffhanger. The, um, yeah, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger! 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 <laughs> um, the, the most well, dangerous game. Man? The, the story. Now? The most dangerous game. Which is man. Right. Because yeah. a guy shanghais a castaway and hunts him in a jungle and then gets, right. and then dies. Spoilers. Uh, well, imagine if that person that was being hunted was Frank Castle. <laughs> it's just, it's just poor planning. <laughs> well, it is in fact the most dangerous game, I guess. Uh, speaking of, trailers, I don't know, High Lie, very mm. dangerous game. What? High Lie. Mm. Yeah. It's an actual uh, game. It's a. Uh, I'll say it's. I can't remember. It, it's it it. It has its origin in one of the, uh, in one of the central South American countries. Can't remember exactly where. Stick, ball, wall. Well, uh, not a stick. It's like a little like scoop thing. Mm-hmm. The ball is made out of limestone, and it gets going around two hundred goddamn miles an hour. Right. <laughs> it's like a. It's like the. It, it's like a version of squash, but with balls. On cocaine. Well, insurance-wise, you know what's more dangerous than SCA sword fighting? Being an astronaut? No, men's ping pong. Someone's actually died playing men's ping pong. Well, for that matter, badminton's a really badass sport, too. Have you ever watched Olympic doubles badminton? <laughs> Has anyone... But did they die? But did you um, die? There have been concussions. Because the shuttlecock reaches speeds of, like... 
300 miles an hour. They clock it. How did right. we get into sports? <laughs> sports ball. Well, no, what's, what's really interesting is we're getting this into... This week in Geek. Sports! We're getting, we're getting, <laughs> well, no, what's really fun about this to me is that we're getting into these really crazy esoteric sports that when nobody except like, Geeks would talk about. history of, like, lesser-known sports. Yeah. It reminds me of Dodgeball, and it's like, the Ocho. <laughs> we were the obscure, obscure to badminton. <laughs> in like 20 seconds. Hey, <laughs> Olympic doubles badminton. You say we, but that was all Neil. Is one of the most fun. <laughs> is one of the most fun Olympic sports to watch. If you're up at 3 a.m. when it's when it's being aired. <laughs> uh, yesterday we had a poster and teaser trailer, and I think today an actual trailer was supposed to drop for the new Tomb Raider. Oh yeah, right. Tomb Raider. Wonder Woman came out on DVD today. Today mm-hmm. is International Pirate Talk Like a Pirate Day. Mm-hmm. Getting back on track. <laughs> uh, this week in Geek, uh, I think the, it was announced Friday, and I was super happy and then also super bummed about it. Uh, Variety announced uh, the release date for John Wick Chapter 3. Yep. Which is May 19th. Yeah. 2019. Yay, okay, we have a date. Oh, it's that date. Yay, we have a date. That's a year cool. and a half from now. <clears throat> right. It takes time. Yeah, I know it does. And, like, it's, it's the directors have to finish directing Atomic... They had to, like, finish with the wrap of Atomic Blonde and something else before they could even do planning. Yeah. I don't... I'm not mad. I understand. I know, yeah. But I am disappointed. You have to enjoy the irony of a movie with a plan words about a bomb bombing at the box office. That's... <laughs> I mean, that is kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. It didn't Atomic do so high. Atomic Blonde? Shame. A lot of people that I that I that I'm aware of really like it. It didn't do well in the box office, but the people who did go and see it mostly enjoyed it. Ah, critical acclaim for what it was. You're right. Yeah, like it's not like best movie of the year or anything, but for what it was. Yeah, it's like this was pretty people fun. Enjoyed it. Yeah, fun movie, not movie of the year or anything. Speaking but. of trailers, there's a uh, Shadow of the Colossus for PS4 Pro. Trailer. Yep, and it's not a remaster. <clears throat> They're actually they actually remade it in a new remade. engine. Yeah. Which is sounds pretty damn awesome. A live action trailer dropped for Shadow of War. And they actually did costumes and prosthetics for all the orcs and stuff and so the awesome. CG. Yeah, yeah that that, that is cool, but I am so mad at at uh, Warner Brothers games that I am not buying that on game on release as protest of their uh, their dodgy sales. Um, I looked. I looked into what we were talking about with the guy, with the charity thing. Mm-hmm. They're not doing. Uh, they're not doing any donations. They have not announced actually any donations for uh, for purchases out of uh, out of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are going to do it, they have not said a damn thing about it. Um, that wasn't what I read. That's every. I I checked multiple sources. I got nothing on any donations. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, the fine print on on the only thing that's been made official was that it's only for U.S. purchases in 46 of the 50 states. And hopefully I missed something, but either way, loot boxes, um, which I dislike on principle, uh, pay-to-win mechanics, and the icing on the cake of at least fucking up the publicity on this, because it really looks like a bald-faced money grab. Um, I'm not going to buy it at launch. I'm going to wait for it to be on sale. So just about I'm everybody going to. I'm going to hit them, hit WB Games, 
where I can, which is in their Wallet. which is well, which is in their metrics for their bean counters of first two week sales, which is which is what which is their their release sale their release window. I'm gonna hit them in that because that's what I can. Yeah, just about every everybody developer wise is going with the battle packs system. Yeah, and I hate it. I know, but their reasoning is it's that or jack up the price of games because games are getting more costly to make, and rather than jack up the price of games, they're doing these microtransactions. Yeah, um, I'm not sure I actually buy that. Well, Um, time will tell. A lot of that stuff, if you don't like it, just mm-hmm. don't buy it. Don't I feel I feel like it's not so much that the price of the games is that, that, that the price of the games is going up so where they can't turn a profit. It's that the corporate overlords are not happy with not making all the money. It could be the price of games hasn't gone up in how long? And and, and honestly, the price of a AAA game a triple A game really should. Yeah, um, but for their record, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> cartridge games were actually more expensive back in the day. Like mm-hmm. I remember when Ocarina of Time was new, that was like seventy bucks. This is nineteen ninety six yeah. to put it in perspective. Well, that was, the uh, production costs were expensive, but yeah, those were more expensive. Yeah, it's, sure. but it's worth. I I, I feel like especially. Um, I I feel like a lot of these microtransactions are really just more than anything else corporate executives wanting to make millions more dollars I wouldn't say it's just the executives it's also the shareholders and the entire business yeah but in any case I feel like it's I feel like more than anything else a lot of it comes off as bald face money grabbing yeah it's it's corporate decision making yeah and I don't like it as long as it doesn't affect the experience of the game, I really don't give a shit. At the end of the day, it's a business, and they are in business to make money. And the main difference it makes is, like, um, like in League of Legends, if you're... Or, what's the one that you play? Uh, Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm. When you're grinding, trying to get that one item, somebody else can just buy it instead. Mm-hmm. Either way, both people can get it. It's just some people can get it faster by... Yeah. Well, here's the story. By, they don't. There's not any sort of like advantage that you can buy. Yeah. All it is is like cosmetic stuff and convenience stuff to like you know. And I don't object, and I don't object at all to microtransactions and free to play games. That's how you make your money in that mm-hmm. thing. But honestly, if you're making a game that you're going to be selling at full price, it should be a complete game. There shouldn't be things behind paywalls. At day one, I day one DLC I hate. Yeah. Day one story DLC, DLC <coughs> just can, can just go straight to hell. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's something that Battlefront do, Two is doing partially right. Is they announced that all of their uh, DLC <coughs> expansions and whatever are going to be completely free. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, that's uh, I think a good chunk yeah. of that is because they're following trends and blowback from the past. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, these have these things have a way of sorting themselves out. Yeah. Now part of that is. You know, people deciding to not purchase mm-hmm. certain things, so yeah. more power too. But that's why I'm not. My buying, philosophy yeah. is it's a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why. That's why, given given a lot of bullshit WB Games has done, I'm not buying the game at launch as much as I really, really want to. I'm gonna wait probably about a year until it's on sale on Steam for thirty bucks. Uh, <laughs> yes, the inevitable Steam See, sales. I'm probably not even gonna be touching the multiplayer aspect of that game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think the multiplayer aspect is stupid. Yeah. Oh, here's it's a fun like news. the forward operating base <clears throat> bases in Metal Gear Solid Five, which weren't fun. Yeah, I didn't even touch that either. There's a fun news story I found. Um, U.S. Navy subs will be using Xbox 360 controllers to control periscopes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more cost-effective, and this generation of people serving actually grew up with video game consoles and mm-hmm. play them to this day. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. They, they did a lot of these polls and stuff, and it was very popular, and it's a lot more cost-effective. It's kind of funny. I like it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, speaking of the U.S. Navy... Something I found out this week. We're um, never going to get to the topic at hand today. Um, <laughs> the U.S. Navy is retiring the blueberry, um, basically the navy pattern. The really? blue, yeah, the new. Um, because really the only thing it does is camouflage a, uh, a camouflage a, a sailor if they happen to fall in the ocean, which is the last place they want to be camouflaged. That's <laughs> <laughs> So they're going back to, I think, whites and, and some other, you know, they're getting rid of but yeah, they're, they're I'm sorry, the whites always make me laugh because I think of a few good men. Yeah. Probably want to put on this camo, sir. You wearing the whites this close to the line, enemy snipers might want to take a shot at you. <laughs> so that, that controller story, check this out. The company says the photonic mast hand grip and imaging control panel that cost about $38,000 can be replaced with Xbox controller typically costs less than $30. That's so just to give you an idea of the scale of the savings. That's, uh, that's military efficiency for you. Right. Okay, so what are we talking about this week? Um, well, we're going to be talking about the Tick, uh, the, uh, the Amazon miniseries. Uh, my, and I have a couple digressions I, that are planned for into the animated series. I never, never actually watched the one with Patrick Warburton, so I have no opinion on it. I didn't either. I did. It's apparently on Amazon Prime. I will probably get around to watching it one of these years, but I have no frame of reference for it uh, other than I once was tuning into something that was going to be on Fox that was after The Tick, and I caught the last three minutes of one, and I thought the writing for The Tick was that because Patrick Warburton as The Tick was delivering a final Tick monologue, which I'm going to have a lot of fun trying to come up with for the final thought today. Um, And I thought it was pretty good writing. It wasn't, like, great. It wasn't bad, but it was... And then that was over, and I was like, huh, okay. The Tick. And then it got cancelled like three days later. Uh, I think it was the last episode. <laughs> I have along those lines Patrick Warburton is producing this. <clears throat> I saw that in the credits, yeah. yeah. I couldn't get past the fact that his mask didn't cover the top half of his face in the old series. The first live action series. Yeah. Well, it, it, there's really not that much in, more in Warburton's series. Mm-hmm. The mask It was completely open face. faced. Oh. Yeah. But other than that, looked just like it was out of the cartoon. Yeah. Well, see, I think that was that. I've seen a little bits of that, and I think that was the problem they had with the with the first live action version was they tried to make it a little bit too much like the cartoon. It was kind of like a and uh, the cartoon was really capturing lightning in a bottle. Well, it's kind of like um, it's like an uncanny valley, but with mm-hmm. actual humans. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Like they tried to get so faithful that it just looks weird and doesn't work. Yeah. Where you kind of have to, like, you know, take what you can and change what you must when yeah. it comes to adapting material like that. So the uh, the cocktail of the day 
was a Blue Lagoon because it looked a lot like the Tick, um, which was one part Blue Curacao, one part vodka, four parts uh, lemonade. I hope you made it strong because the Tick is super strong. Yeah, see, that's that just. Eh? It's so. <laughs> had two ounces of vodka. To the point that it becomes. That it becomes almost a caricature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, in the in that series, did the I don't recall did the ticks uh, antenna move? No. Yeah. That was something area. I, so let's actually start talking about the. Before we get too far into it, don't we have a spoiler? Oh yeah, spoiler of the week. Thank you, thank you, Michael, for reminding me. Spoiler of the week. Um, to make it tick related. Speak the dog isn't actually a dog. She's a capybara. <laughs> So, deep cut for you all from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the 90s cartoon, his antenna do move, right? Kind of. Kind of, yeah. It twitched a little bit. It was, it was much more... It was, like, necessary. It was subtle. Yeah, no. it, it was much it's more... It's like Deadpool's eyes moving, right? To yeah, kind it, of it wasn't so much like they were constantly in motion like they were in the, in the Amazon show. Right. It was more really they were just part of his face, so when his face reacted, the antenna did, too. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, if he was leaning in close to examine something, the antenna would lean in. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was... Be, no which, surprise, the yeah. antenna would just boing yeah. after them. Um, which is really kind of funny, because I think that's one thing that did make it over. Because in the animated series, the antenna were sensitive, and it translated over. Yeah. Not as sensitive, I think, as they were for the yeah. new bit, but whatever. Um, yeah. I thought I was watching Goku fight for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, like, ah, 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 ah. What? Come on! You're not invulnerable! Yeah, but you have the strength of 10, maybe 20 men! I love how they got that particular thing just about, like, they got that, that whole thing just spot on. Here's the yeah. thing though being nigh invulnerable does not necessarily make you a good fighter, and it does not make you not feel pain. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I but I do them. like how, how the ticks. Superpowers are always kind of vague. vague. Yeah. He's nigh, he's nigh invulnerable. He has the strength of ten, maybe twenty men. That's <laughs> a big difference. Yeah. How much do you bench? I no have no idea. idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Look at you, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> You fingered foul fruit, friend. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. He the generation of the tick. Yeah. Yeah. So the actor. Uh, that played the tick. That's a, I, I really like him. And here's what, what really threw me off. That actor is a sommelier from John Wick 2. That's so weird. He was also in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, as, as, uh, as um, Valerian Saul. I looked his name up yeah. after two weeks ago and we couldn't tell him. I can remember. Valerian Saul. who called the Guardians the a-hole. Oh, what a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> who was... In the comics, a Guardians villain, Valerian Saul was. Well, and the thing is, is that I love as the series goes on, the Tick costume slowly evolves. Yeah, only after, only from the first episode to the second. No, because in the in the uh, in the first episode, in the second episode, they've got the chin piece. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to his uh, to the birthday party, mm-hmm. it's actually more pronounced. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't either. Really, the only thing I noticed was when he changed uh, costumes and they... uh, Yeah, from episode one to two. You look different. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. That's all they did to... 
reference it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because in the first episode, his costume really didn't look all that good. No. Yeah. But, you know, it was a pilot. Yeah, they had to see if they were going to get funding. Yeah. I'm not mad, uh, but I'm not mad about the the things that I didn't like about the pilot because they fixed all of them in the second episode. Yeah. The concept that the tick was Arthur's hallucination... I, I remember watching the pilot a long, a long while ago and not being happy with it because that was he- so heavily implied. They cleared that shit up very, very quickly. Fast. Yeah. Tick, well, she can't see you. Yes, I can. I can see him. He, he's right there. <laughs> yeah, I can see him. Yeah, and... Well, they did it in such a fun way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Tick, she can't see you. Can, you know, uh, it's like, oh, I can see him. Well, I mean... Can? Thing, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that... They they imply it, but by the same token, mm-hmm. um, you know he wades through the villains. There, there's no way a hallucination can do that unless he has superpowered hallucinations. Yeah, but unless I, like un- unless he's actually just that the, the it was it, they were trying to imply that he actually had what it took to be a superhero. Well, he was the one taking them out. Yeah, like a like a fight club, a fight club situation. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think. <laughs> That was, was the, the that was the implication they were really trying to go for the pilot. Well, and given his past, yeah, you know, it was it was one of those things of it was, I think it was you know, it was well handled. Like I said, that they took care of it in the second episode. Yeah, yeah, it and it worked well. It worked okay in the pilot. Just mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, no. Um, and honestly, I wasn't gonna after watching the pilot, I wasn't gonna watch the show, um, mm-hmm. even once it got. Uh, greenlit and they made a bunch of episodes um, until I watched a couple reviews of it from uh, there. there's this guy who's I'm, I'm digging back in the well. Neil watches another internet reviewer because of course he does. I watched like 12 billion of them. Um, if you have an internet review show, I might have watched it. <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast right now. And we know you are. Um, but I was watching uh, E-Rod, the Blockbuster Busters uh, review of it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've always liked about E-Rod um, is that he always, is that everything he reviews, because he's another one of those angry reviewers, because that's what sells on the internet. The one who makes fun of bad things. Um, but he always makes sure to watch things and make fun of them that are related to something that he loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, like, when he when he did his review of the movie Gem and the Holograms, it was because... Well, no, no, but you... And the, the, which, by the way, the 80s show, Gem and the Hologram, is actually really good. Yeah. Very good, yeah. yeah. I watched that with my sisters growing up. I refused <laughs> to watch the movie. Yeah. yeah, it was a bad movie. I know. Um, <laughs> I didn't... I saw the trailer. Spoilers, it was a bad movie. Right. Um, I didn't have to watch the movie. I saw the trailer. It was like, but, they're already butchering it. No. But yeah, okay. E-Rod, but E-Rod was like, Dude, dudes, real talk, if you liked Patrick Warburton's The Tick, or the animated show, or the comic book... I liked all of them. You should watch this shit now. And I was like, yeah. okay, Erod, you like it? Okay. Well, see, and one thing I loved about it 
is the tick monologues. Oh yeah, he in real time. Great. Yeah, you know, my favorite monologue I think he did in the whole six episodes. The folly was the falling one. Yeah. Do you resist the fall like a standing person? <laughs> <laughs> or like a defenestrated feline? Do you so embrace the fall? I would love to get him to record ringtones. Yeah. So, <laughs> so before we go too far in, I, I think I feel like we've we've kind of skirted around the issue. Before we go too far in, we're gonna get spoilerific. Um, so I don't think we can discuss this without getting spoiler. yeah yeah yeah. So that being said, it is very good. I oh, do yeah. recommend people see it. Um, it ends on a cliffhanger. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they have recorded the other episodes already. They are just literally waiting to release them until early next year. Yeah. Because they're dicks like that. <laughs> it's the terror's fault. Yeah, it's probably the terror's fault. Midnight. It is the terror. Yeah. Wasn't the evil midnight and the bomber what bombs at midnight? That's a shame. That, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, and they're just for the record, they're only half hour episodes, so yeah. it's yeah. not a huge really? time investment. Twenty five minutes. Huh. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean the entire six watched, episode run is like a long movie. Yeah, I watched most of it this afternoon. I watched the I I, I, did I started at four and got through episode I got into episode five. I do remember I watched it uh, pretty much that Saturday night to Sunday morning before I told you guys at Sunday game that hey we should do an episode on the tip. And by then okay. I had, yeah, and by the time the next game rolled around, I'd already watched it. Uh, it was, yeah. And the thing I love about this is they stay true to the feel of the comic and the animated series. But, I'm yeah. sorry, there there is a... There, yeah, but they keep it in a real world. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's a big thing... All right, get your that, gripe off your yeah, chest. I've got a gripe that I've got to make. Do it. It's the one thing that I was actually very Do unhappy it. about. Do it. <laughs> One of the things I loved about the animated show um, was how in the city, by the way, yes, that's the name of the city. It's the, the city. city. <laughs> um, and that's all you can ever call it. It's to be city. fair, the city called Metropolis is essentially also the city because that's what a yes, metropolis but, is. But this one is literally just called the city. I know, I'm just saying. No. Um, fair. The thing that I loved about the animated show, I, n- I never really read it in the comics, but the thing I loved about the city was that it was overflowing with completely craptastic superheroes mm. <laughs> who were who who the only per the only person who showed any degree of competency was American made right true and the tick but the tick didn't show competency he just showed bullheaded happening to be there on time yeah with a lot and, of property damage yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the and ability really, to eat exploding bread bombs. Yes. Well, that's because that he's the tick, yeah. and he has Arthur, who is the other only competent hero. Yeah. Um, who is humorously only competent because he badly does not want to be a hero. Right. Right. Well, and the thing is, they, they you know, I, I, I get the, the. So I don't feel that would translate yeah. that well. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and and honestly, I think that if they do season two. We'll probably start to see more of that mm-hmm. uh, because in season one we have Superman. I can't remember what he was actually called, but he's fucking Superman. Right. Uh, Superior. Superior. Fine. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he's Superman. Well, yeah. They're they're very transparent about it being a Superman archetype. Yeah. Um, well, we got Overkill. Yeah, and we've got Overkill, the and Punisher. those are the only 
go, and those are the only super well, and, we, and we see the flag five. But they're all dead. Well, yeah. Except their dog. And, and they didn't kill... Sharpshooter. Sharpshooter. That's well, I, because, I feel like... That's because if you hadn't put it together yet, Sharpshooter is overkill. Overkill. Um, because what do they do to Sharpshooter? They blinded him with weaponized syphilis and broke both his hands. Yes. He has robot hands and robot eyes. Yeah. Well, you mean he was one of the Flag Five? Yeah, he, yeah. he's one of the two remaining uh, surviving members of the Flag that's Five. why he wants to Him and that dog. So that and he, yeah, he hates that Oh, the dog, dog that wrote the book. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and, and he, he, play, he tips his hand a little bit because he's like, I hate that fucking dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And oh, that is dog. another thing that's worth mentioning um, to continue stealing beats from uh, Erod's uh, video. This is... The, while this was fun, well, this was a lot of good fun, it is not necessarily for children. No, uh, no, very much not. There's weaponized blood. syphilis, there's a lot of swearing, and there is a lot of blood. Yeah. Yeah, that scene like when Overkill takes out that group of people, it's just like, wow, that escalated quickly. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that exchange afterwards where the tick honestly thinks Arthur was responsible. And then he's just like, <laughs> he oh, talk to you about your methods. That's, that's a relief. <laughs> I thought we were going to have to have the murder talk. <laughs> yeah. So what did Overkill call his, his boat? Danger boat. Danger boat? By the yeah, way, danger boat. by Alan, Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. Yeah. 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 Of course. Day, 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 danger Fucking boat. of course. Because that's the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you have to have a voiceover that is a you're just sassy quick, get Alan Tudyk on the and it's almost and it's almost also uh, at this point permanently required that I not realize it's Alan fucking Tudyk <laughs> <laughs> until someone tells you you have to go yeah. back and that's half the fun is going to the first the first time first time it happened I was like Alan Tudyk <laughs> of course like, you were I was like fucking it took me a moment now we know what happened to K2 right he got downloaded into a boat yeah, but and I like the I like the I like how wow your your, your boat can talk. I'm not his boat. I'm his roommate. <laughs> yeah, and I like the I like the slightly. Um, I'm gonna make myself another drink. The slightly romantic overtones that, or you know, or not so much romantic, but um, put upon uh, you know the, the roommate thing. But it almost it almost feels like um, it's like I'm going out. You just got in. <laughs> like a platonic marriage type. Yeah, thing. exactly. Almost a platonic marriage type. Must thing. you eat that out of the can? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's it's like having that civil that gay roommate who is imminently more civilized than you are. <laughs> because I've had that roommate <laughs> when I first moved to Springfield. That, that guy was like, you know, it was like, yeah. You, you're going to wear that? <laughs> what? <laughs> In Overkill's defense, he is blind. He is blind. Well, he has robot eyes. eyes. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's just like, you know. And, and I love the... We see the... Um, we see the... I love that we see the advertising for... For, um, for Onward's uh, book all over the place. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a it, the birthday party is present. Mm-hmm. It was at the birthday party, and then there was that whole interview with with him, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know as well. Um, there is no God. There's just dog. There's only dog. <laughs> Very profound. <laughs> but yeah, and and yeah, I love Danger Boat. Lovely shade of blue. And. Uh, I keep forgetting his name, Jackie Earl Healy. 
played the terror. Yes. He also played um, in Watchmen. Uh, he played um, Rorschach. 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 Yeah. So he just does naturally sound like that. <laughs> like he's he just at, like he just ate a carton of cigarettes. He's <laughs> <laughs> good at doing that. He also in the uh, the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street, he was Freddy Krueger. He's, he's definitely very Krueger looking. Yeah, yeah, he's very good at doing that. Right, but of course, I love Lint and the yeah. relationship oh, yeah, between Miss Lint and the relationship between her and, and Arthur and Ramses and Ramses. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> really? All you were doing was waiting for me to kill him and you would come back? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it would take you so long. I can't do that. I didn't think it would take you so long. Why are you to kill him already? Yeah. Kind of sounds like uh, Stan's... You just killed my roommate. Did sounds I? like Stan's grandpa from South Park. No, no, this is the platypus time. venom. He'll froth that off in an hour or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or was it he'll seizure that off in an hour or two? He'll seizure that off in an hour or two. Look at him, he's already frothy. <laughs> That's a good uh, sign. <laughs> but, uh, this may, you know, in the in the in the episodes to come, I obviously, you know, it's all leading up to the terror's return and all that, and now he's back. Spoilers, you know. Yeah, we're back in Yeah. Um, we're in, we, we're, we're heavily into spoilers. We warned it. Yeah. We warned it, peoples. <laughs> but, um... I was trying to train. My feeling on it is these first six episodes is that although there's the specter of the terror, that's the plot. The real the real focus antagonist wise is Miss Lind. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she is actually really interesting. And it's she like really is. it's they do a good job of like I don't know it's kind of hard to put into words but like the way they like uh, pace and edit and have the episodes flow. Where like it follows her just long enough that you're kind of in her shoes and she's the protagonist for a while, and it yeah. kind of like gets you deeper into the character where you see her like regular routine stuff, like having to change the glass eye and stuff like, and it humanizes her despite her being an evil villain. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, you know. You know. <laughs> well, and, and lines is like, he's like, overkill, and then that little thing she did with the head. Did she? Did he mention it? <laughs> <laughs> and then he did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did she yeah. mention me? Yeah, you know, and um, no. What is yeah. it with you two? What is it with you two? Well, it's like she's she's so dangerous, but yet has this vulnerability to her. And exactly. Of course, the whole need for validation with terror, et cetera, et cetera. Is, well, you know, and and the limp thing. I mean, you know, well, which, yeah. yeah, which you know you can tell just irritates the fuck out of her. <laughs> yeah, she has to like balance how she uses her powers and stuff, and then of course there's the whole vacuum. Oh vacuum God, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and then the look on her face, you know, it's like. Oh, <laughs> and the ridiculous like her trying to be all incognito outside. Yeah, like like crouching behind the car and stuff. And yeah, lint everywhere. Yeah, she's That's face ridiculous. plastered in lint. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I love the I love the interaction between Terror and her. It's like that little murder party. Murder party. <laughs> you held you threw it, and then Kara was just great. Like, uh, but it's like you know. But I can't afford to lose. I can't afford to lose henchmen over a nickname. <laughs> you take that and you own that. The terror, just like like a like a classy criminal, stole every single scene yeah. he was in so hard. Oh God, yes. Well, because he was all over the place. I mean, he was. And, and, well, and it's also giving that the actor a chance to just be like, hey, um, yeah. 
go for it. Yeah, yes. have fun with well, it. Well, he he. I feel like he was encouraged. Oh, yeah. To ham it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, Chew on cool. that scenery. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, that's the whole concept behind the chair, anyway. Yeah. 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 Scenery is high fiber. Have some. <laughs> you know? Him and the tick were both, were both said, okay, so you remember how you were taught how to, you know, be subtle? Yeah, don't. <laughs> Forget all of that shit. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, quite a kick. Yeah, and I love the fight scenes with the tick because it, it's like, Everything that they did right. Well, he didn't fight with, the tick, did he? Huh? No, not no, the, no, the fight scenes in general. The oh, fight, right. the tick's fight scenes in general. Oh yeah. Because it was it was so casual. He like would, a bullet it, bounces off him and hits him up. That's your fault, sir. <laughs> That's your fault, sir. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like bullet Christmas with these people. <laughs> and then somebody finally puts their gun down. And says, "Aha! Learned your lesson." Someone hits him with a board. Sneaky! <laughs> Somebody hits him with a rocket launcher. Doesn't get polite. <laughs> Never really gets angry. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, are we playing hockey now? Boom! <laughs> Quite a kick to that, isn't yeah. there? Your hockey puck's got a message. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then also the displays of strength, because he's never really straining, right. and he's Luke caging that shit all the way. Yeah, the time he kind of strains. It's but, not so much that he's straining as he doesn't have a good grip and, and yeah, it's, it's like on the, the bus. Yeah. He's like, yeah. okay, I got this. And then the bumper starts, uh, Arthur, you want to hurry up? I don't have a good grip on this thing anymore. So, right. By the way, that scene totally breaks the math of 10, maybe 20. I'm sorry, but I don't think 10 men could keep that bus up. The yeah, 20, maybe 20. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is, is, yeah, the, he has no idea how much he can bench. Yeah. But, how much uh, can you bench? <laughs> no idea. And how strong are these men? Right. Well, and the, and the thing Average is, is with, with, that, with that scene, that's where Arthur really becomes a hero. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yep. He saves yeah. the dog. Yep. My baby! My baby! <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I also love how um, the tick lampshades the fact that Arthur... Is running down the stereotypical uh, hero Campbell's hero <laughs> Yes, because he keeps on referencing that. Aha! Uh-huh. Hey, skipping right on to step two. The the uh, the yeah. hero declines the call to adventure. Step three. <laughs> the hero's declining the call to adventure. Yeah. Or uh, you know, let's grab that elixir. I'm <laughs> just like going. Oh my God! How much you know? As a writer, I can't miss these things. Yeah. Well, and, and I can't help but men, but but imagine that. Um, Spoiler alert for the last episode. Arthur gets captured by the Terror. I can't help but but imagine that in episode 7, when mm. the Tick meets up with Arthur again and finds out what happens, you're like, "Oh, well that's a, that could be a that could be a descent in the, into the underworld." It's like, "Well, actually, I I, 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 yeah, I was like, "Hey, little buddy, how did your descent into the underworld go?" <laughs> All right, chum, you come out of the underworld. You know, just yeah, and and I love Arthur. the merciful like, goddess figure yet, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is going to end up being Miss Lint. Um, oddly enough, either that or um, or Penny, Arthur's sister. Dot. 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 How could I not think of her name? The, the way I can remember that spot. It's Dot. Mm. Um. Hello, Arthur's sister. Yeah, and I love how any dish more complicated than one syllable becomes rice. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that was an extremely complicated. What she made was essentially rice and goat sauce. Yeah, I looked but it up. Arthur figured out. Arthur could, you know, could say it. 
That's because he's intelligent. <laughs> yeah. The the tick has well that and he'd been at that maybe place three bane cells to roll together. Yeah. <laughs> at least when and Arthur's and around, two of them control each and when he <laughs> each antenna. I love the antenna. I love the antenna. I actually I found them just slightly distracting how they were always in motion. I I kind of I kind of found that is one of those things I could ignore. I think the best use of the antenna was when he was outside the the, the uh, police department, and you could you, you could hear them tapping on the, <laughs> on the window. <laughs> um, it didn't really uh, draw my attention much. I guess I didn't really. Well, I'm also the person that couldn't ignore the mole in the forehead of the person in the Orville. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, By the way, the second episode of the Orville wasn't as good as the first one, in my opinion. I I don't know. I kind of liked it. That's very eh on it. Yeah, it was. I it was. It, yet. it was okay. Yeah. Okay, um, but uh, <laughs> I'm not throwing up. <laughs> Anyways, the uh, um, back to the tick. I, I liked the, also the whole because Arthur is not the only person going through his hero's journey. Yeah. His sister is as well. Mm-hmm. She's going through her own journey, you know, with yeah. him. Yep. Uh, because she evolves to the point of we can't do this, we can't do this. Okay, I'm all in. Well, that, the fact that uh, she um, she didn't, she had the whole mob doctor thing on the side, mm-hmm. and then she really wanted to get out of it, and then she realized, I if I stay in it, I can actually help my brother, and so she made this huge sacrifice to risk her life, do yeah. something she hates, in order right. to get the information needed to make exactly. it safe another day. Exactly, and, which is you know, which is her going all in on that. Yeah, I don't remember if the cartoon did this at all, but they're giving the tick more uh, depth. Of- Story. They're going to give him a backstory. It sounds like, yeah, yeah. Really nice. Uh, or, or they're, or they're deliberately lampshading the fact that he does not have he one. He has none. Yeah. And they're they're drawing attention to it. There, I, was, I get the there was a tiny bit of backstory. There was a tiny bit of backstory in the comics. Apparently, mm-hmm. while I haven't read any many of the comics, I've done a lot of research. It is implied in the comics that he escaped from a mental institution. That sounds about right. However. This is an implication. It is not yeah. uh, confirmed. It, yeah, it's not confirmed. Right. The first time you see him is outside in a mental institution that is burning down. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking. That about, would explain why nobody's calling for him if yeah. he is escaped. From talking him. about people escaping, but at least if I'm remembering correctly. Right. Anybody who thinks I'm, who tell who wants to tell me I'm wrong in the comments section, go for it. Seriously, I want comments. It's like the I backstory think. for V for Vendetta. <laughs> right? Burned down the place and made him. Yeah. <laughs> and then walked his ass out. And yeah. still never saw his face. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that we were able to see the chick's eyebrows with the new costume. Because the first one, we couldn't see them. It was like, it was Batman style. It was yeah. just wide eyes. Yeah. Well, and this one has... I think, that was, I think that was primarily for ease of animation. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I like that it has soft and rigid uh, mm. parts to it. But I love Arthur's suit, and I love that there's actually a story behind it. Yeah, yeah it's actually pretty interesting. As opposed to him just having it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then they... Um, it's a little bit of detail, but I just loved it. When they first shot at him, and the suit absorbs it, and they pull the bullet off, and you see the little gel lines uh, fill back in. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, but I, and I loved how Miss Lintz 
Look at you, shot three times and falling out of building. You're as safe as a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you know, like, and of course, I love the hug scene. You know, you know, I was like, better. Yeah, (laughs) I do feel better. That's because hugs make everything better. I am firmly of this belief. Tick, I'm breaking a little. (laughs) Well, and the tick is basically the most earnest person in existence. Yeah, Yeah. he really is. So his hug is the real deal. Yeah, Yeah, there there is not a. That's it, hug me back. That's the real stuff. (laughs) There is not a single false bone in the tick's body. Yeah, there there is not a single false or duplicitous or even unkind bone in his body. No. (laughs) I mean, he's crazy. Yeah. Very plainly insane. Yeah, he, but he's insanely nice. Yeah, I mean, he's it's you know, let's your you know, knock off all that evil, <laughs> you know, stop your change your evil ways. Um, well, even then, something that's really worth noticing. Mm-hmm. He gets into all these fights, mm-hmm. and unlike Overkill, he never kills anyone. No, he doesn't, and he smacks the he, fuck out of him. He smacks people around. He throws. I mean, it sends them flying feet, which really would kill them, if we're being honest, but this is the universe of the Tick, right. and he hasn't killed anyone. Well, here's right. another, another thing, a uh, step beyond that, something worth uh, noting is um, there are there are other heroes where they may not kill, but they get off on beating the shit out of the bad guys, mm-hmm. like Daredevil and Batman, for example. Yeah. yeah. They'll do everything but... They'll relish putting people in the hospital to send a message. The tick is not like that at all. It's just like, yeah, really, tick, guys, do we have to do this? The tick, yeah. only the proportion of like how hard he hits and how much damage he does is just directly to preventing other people from getting hurt or just you know, neutralizing the threat in general, like well, protecting I, himself. I don't recall him even making a fist. Well... For the most part, no. Usually and not. It's just open, <laughs> usually open hand and slaps back and, and forth. Wait, yeah. Take and Overkill both were fighting off thugs at the same time. He went out of his way to save thugs. From, from Overkill, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. throw a knife. Ting! Yeah. Whack! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, Stop it! <laughs> Stop that. Yeah, they chastise him mid-fight. Yeah. Um, well, and, 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 and it's the because is, the path of the anti-hero isn't cool, dude. Yeah, it is like, it's like... Oh, to chase a villain, or perhaps an anti-hero. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great line. And of course, as I was wandering away, I heard the distinctive sound of... <laughs> of a grappling hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zip-wire grappling hook. And then, of course, grappling hook, eja- grappling hook ejaculate. <laughs> the writing, by the way, is is pro. Oh god! And part so of the reason for that is because they got the original ben writer yes. of the Tick. Yeah, and, and uh, it shows. Yeah, it really shows. You know, I now mean, to be fair, they've had the original writer of the Tick for every other incarnation of the Tick too, which yeah. is why the writing has always been one of the standout things about the Tick. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and the dialogue and everything is just like you know, and well, I look like at the at the party, the direction was so. You're right. Good. This is good cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. This is very good cheese. <laughs> but um, I like when how are your when, feet? How are your feet? Yeah, I love, I love Arthur's stepdad. That's just your stepdad. Your father is very sharp. But anyways, the the scene I'm thinking of in particular is right after Lynch shows up. And she she's clearly extemporized, you know, basically making shit up as she goes along, and you can tell mm-hmm. because it comes off almost robotic. 
like, and the tick buys it. Yeah, exactly. Because he's the tick. Because he's the tick. And you can tell she looks a little worried because she didn't know the tick would be there. You're right, yeah, exactly. She sees him. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, Arthur and I know each other from work. My name is Paloma. <laughs> you know. Oh, hello, Paloma. I don't remember meeting you at, at Arthur's work. Yeah, I remember seeing you there. Which, you know... Good to meet you. Which <laughs> is funny because I, you can read that as her thinking that the tick's more clever than he is. That he is implying that he's onto her when really he's just that dumb. Yeah, yeah. he's just really So it's like, bad. you don't know how much, like, how she's interpreting what he's laying down, which I find adds a the, whole other layer to that scene. To to steal a line from, uh, from Oh Brother Where Art Thou, the tick is dumber than a bag of hammers. Yeah. He really is. Well, and, and then, uh, speaking of Arthur's work, I love his cubicle mate. <laughs> conspiracy theory, Doug? Yeah, every conspiracy theory, every... I mean, and he doesn't even stick to one side of the political spectrum or the other. Yeah. Well, he, he, he actually dons a tinfoil hat. No. No, no, no. That that tinfoil was... Kevin was a completely different character. Oh, that was it. Oh, that was the other guy that he Yeah, was the homeless guy, but not opposite. <laughs> yeah. I guess I just kind I of had... conflated him in my mind because they're... Is he from know... the cartoon? No. I didn't think so. But, but he has the name of Tinfoil Kevin, which is just a great name. Yeah, yeah I mean, but when he said, if you need anything, let me know, I have, I'm have. i wondering if he actually used to be a supplier for heroes. I don't That's know. a possibility. Because you know, as soon as he realized they're heroes, he's like, if you need anything, let me know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love how casual was like, you guys are superheroes? <laughs> yeah. Of course, he's just walked out of Arthur's uh, Arthur's shower because yeah. he only takes a bath on those candles. <laughs> just, but yeah, it, it's the naming convention is is so. Well, yeah, the tick has a rich history of very on the nose names. Yeah, well, call back to my favorite tick character. The evil midnight bomber, what bombs, bombs at midnight? Yeah, it's what bombs at yeah, midnight. Yeah, what bombs at midnight? I didn't realize. I thought it was that bombs. No, it's what bombs at midnight. Yeah, I know. A little crazy. Just yeah. me, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny that his name was Kevin, considering back in Home Alone, he played the brother. Of Kevin. Kevin. Oh. <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, that's a deep cut for you. Damn. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's so many things to love about the writing, you know, and, and just the, you know, uh, you're doing that, and I love the little sound effect when he goes, you're, uh, was it, um, we should be, oh, was it subtle? What's the word he used? He waggles his fingers and you hear the, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or we sh- I mean, it was just like. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. How else should we talk about it? I mean, we could just gush, but I feel like we should have some structure. Yeah, I know. I, um, I had a uh, observation to make. Okay. Um, Arthur, I I noticed um, when you compare Arthur from the cartoon, they kind of took him in a different direction as far as like the physically unimposing nerdy aspect um first of all at least if my memory serves in the cartoon he was nerdy as all hell and stuff but he didn't actually have like actual mental problems per se no like he was just really nervous all the time which it makes yeah. sense when you're fighting not giant, the face not the face fighting <laughs> giant monsters and supervillains and you have no inherent power yeah, so well, all you have is a moth suit right which everyone thinks is a bunny suit but no it's a yeah, moth suit because right. of the ears <laughs> which, they, which they they they, they uh, play on that yeah it looks like a bunny suit yeah a little <laughs> you know? reference there um, but yeah, where in this one, 
Yeah, I love that they give Arthur a complex. He has and, PTSD essentially. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly the terror killed his dad and like and the flag three five of heroes. three of the flag right five right in front of him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then stole his ice cream. Yeah, yeah, just which I loved that. That's a nice detail. The the typical uh, (laughs) villain might just the way that they would do that would be a lot like neater, and the way he just messily pulls it up, (laughs) slops most, slops honestly most of it onto his face. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go. Yeah, all right, let's go. (laughs) Just all casual and shit, but all the what you got behind your ear. Nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, and he's he's and, uh, and then you you're the guy from the photo. You're the kid from the photo. Yeah, and everyone just starts treating him differently. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and in the in the in the police stop. Yeah. Holy shit! You know this. <laughs> well, and, and I love up till that point, she is totally bored. She is totally bored with this shit. Yeah. You know, it's like I'll be the one saying and deciding what what what's necessary here. You know. Well, and then it's like, oh you've had issues back through high school. Oh no, wait. middle school. Oh wait, no. Oh my god. <laughs> and then it's like I am so sorry. Yeah. We'll call your legal guard guardian and, and, and you'll you, yeah, and, yeah. And you could be re- and you'll be released. No, they're letting me go. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> that's that's an interesting dynamic to the scene because like on one hand, he's relieved because he's not stuck in jail, but on the other hand, he resents it on a ridiculous level, and it's just like, oh, here we go again. Like, every five minutes, people reminding him of, he's the guy, and yeah. having to relive the same stupid crap over and over and over again. And having to go through the same thing with his sister again. Yeah. Normal, you know. Yeah, normal is what normal does. Yeah. I mean, they have it all the way down to, was it normal returning phone calls? Um, and I, I'm sorry. Normal dresses appropriately for the I'm weather. I'm looking for one scene out of the next... Was it going to be four more episodes? That was five. Uh, I think it's four because IMDb said ten episodes. Oh, okay. description. Uh, fine, fair enough. Where he just sits there after Dot sees that the terror is officially actually still alive, and he just goes, "Apologize," <laughs> or something along those lines. Where well, he just makes some snarky remark. Apology accepted. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, After she freaks out over it, mm-hmm. yeah. Now that was just half of the package. The mental half, the physical half, is Arthur was just kind of dumpy and out of shape in the animated cartoon. In this mm-hmm. one, he's just really small. Yeah, he's just really yeah. thin and, and short. Yeah, he's just a tiny like, man. Perfectly made to fit. So it's a different a tiny spin on frame. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like yeah, because in the in the cartoon you could see and in the comic you could see a little punch, you yeah. see a little punch, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess being tiny actually worked really well for the flying part. Right. But then, it also didn't help that he was always up next to the tick. Well, sure. Yeah, The tick had a nine-pack. He's a very, <laughs> yeah. very tiny Like dude. Batman from Lego Batman. He had a nine-pack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was just... It was seven feet tall and was made out of muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got around by jumping from rooftop to rooftop, but badly. <laughs> yeah, and he'd, he'd always leave the really big indentations in the rooftop. Yeah, on right. both the books that jump off and the, and the, and the yeah. landing. Yeah. Like, and, they, and they were kind of true to that. When he when he was leaving, you know, you'd see the water tower shake when he landed on it. Yeah. And of course, his monologue about falling and when he hit, you know, there's yeah. quite the impact. Arthur, I'm all right, or I'm okay. <laughs> I love that how he grabbed the flagpole and it didn't do squat. Yeah. <laughs> and then he lands with it stuck in the ground. <laughs> right. To be fair, that is a that that is a takeaway 
from the from every other incarnation of the tick. Mm-hmm. That it's it's the, the, there. Okay, here's something I can talk about for a little bit. The callbacks. Yes. Yes. There are a lot of great callbacks, especially in the first couple episodes. Uh huh. Um, like the tick when he first gets to Arthur's apartment. Where's the switch? Yeah. Is this a yeah. secret switch? Yeah. And is this your HQ? That's not it. Which yeah. is, which is which is flat out from from the first, the first episode. One, tick. Yeah. And. What's all, the couch turn into? <laughs> it, it folds out into a bed, which is lifted straight. Then when Arthur's alarm clock goes up the next morning, it's set for 6.30 a.m. Which is the opening intro, what it's always set to when it goes yeah. up. Yeah. The yeah. alarm starts the intro, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. there yeah. are so... And, and those are the only ones I can just think of off the top of my drunk-ass head. Well, and then... Um, oh... There, there are there are quite a few others, you know. Um, of course, it's always you know Chum, <laughs> which yeah, or Buddy really, or Pal, or, but yeah, ne- almost never his name. Mm-hmm. Um, well, whenever oh, he's... Oh, oh well, and the other thing that was a callback was uh, trying to land on the was was ca- trying to catch the flagpole as yeah. falling. He's done that in every incarnation too, and the flagpole always comes with it. Right. Right. Well, the th- the thing that's uh, that I noticed is that monstrous. whenever he's generally speaking, whenever he's saying trying to say something inspirational or serious to Arthur, he does actually say Arthur. Yeah. Whenever he's just saying weird tickisms and just being goofy, which is most of the time, mm-hmm. he says chum or sport or whatever. But right. whenever he actually has some sort of tickish wisdom to impart, he usually says Arthur, blah 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 blah, inspirational speech. You know. Yeah. Falling is a lot like a sandwich. Don't worry, it makes sense eventually, except it never does. <laughs> and Gravity is a harsh mistress. But, uh, uh, of course, the other thing is... is um, this is we, the false, like a standing person. Do you just accept it like a standing person? No, no, you, do, you, uh, do you deny the fall? Like a standing person, or like an administrated feline, <laughs> you know, uh, you lean into the fall and, and accept it for what it is. <laughs> but uh, the other thing I like, one of the things I like about um, about some of the other characters, like Overkill. On the one hand, he's like you know all stabby and you know, arr, arr, but on the other, he is so human in in, in unexpected little points. Yeah, you know, it's like. Um, when he, you know, it's like, what is that monstrosity? <laughs> you know, and then when he grabs Arthur's backpack, he's like, no, those are my files. You don't deserve files. These are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that moment. You know, this is, this is good. I'm taking this. <laughs> you know, because suddenly he realizes he was human. You know. Right. You know. But, uh, yeah, I just... I was a little, little impressed with Arthur when he actually stood up to him in the boat. Yeah. yeah. When they had uh, Ramses drugged up. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, I'm taking him to, was it? Aegis. Aegis? Yeah. He's like, I'm taking him to Aegis. No, you're not. He's like, look, you needed me for this. This is mine. I started all this. And he uh, tells him again, you're not taking him away from here. Tick! <laughs> it's like sick him. <laughs> yeah, it's like you've got guns. I've got a tick. We have a tick. Not a great plan. I have an army. We have a tick. Yeah, we have a tick. Oh, <laughs> maybe we should reconsider. This planet is not worth a try. Yeah, but uh, and of course, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not a boat. I'm his roommate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an AI. I'm his roommate. Well, I'm I'm not his boat. I'm his roommate. <laughs> yeah, he is an AI. Yeah. But... It's like I was working on my new theme song. Would you like to hear it? 
Danger boat. Danger boat. These want bass. So I think I couldn't help but look up some tick quotes. And I believe these are all from the original cartoon, but just mm-hmm. to give people, if for some reason you decided to wade deep into spoiler territory and you haven't actually seen the previous incarnation of the tick, you don't really understand the concept. What the of hell the, we're talking about with these tick? Of, is of the tick monologue, I will give you an excellent example here. And this is nice and short. Destiny dressed you this morning, my friend, and now fear is trying to pull off your pants. If you give up, if you give in, then you're going to end up naked with fear, just standing there laughing at your dangling unmentionables. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a great example. Uh, well, I mean, feel dusty. That's a my running f- gag with Destiny thing. Yeah, my, yeah, one of my favorite monologues from the from the was, "You make a better door than you do a window. So open yourself wide and let you walk through you over here by me." <laughs> I'm just like, and all this, all this, all this weird, yeah. not quite innuendo, <laughs> you know. Well, and all this, all and also, it's very, it's very, mm-hmm. almost but not quite like New Age wisdom. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I'm the you you've always wanted to be, which is essentially New Age wisdom anyway. Yeah, almost. it's like yeah. it, 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 it's <laughs> it's kind of like the Sphinx from Mystery Men. Yes, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, except all except without always being you know, just an inverted, uh, you know, to be open you must first open yourself that sort of thing. But yeah. <laughs> So I don't remember the exact line, but when you brought him the suit, he said, you stole the suit? You stole me the suit? He says, no, Destiny stole you the suit. I am merely the... I am merely the messenger. Or the, <laughs> the yeah, delivery I am merely boy. the delivery, delivery boy. boy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like more... That's something Tick would say, yeah. Yeah. Vessel's a little highbrow for him. Yeah. That was a great uh, running gag, too. Him constantly trying to return the suit to no avail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eventually yeah. accepting it. I want to get back the suit. Really? Get in. And Tick says, nope. Yeah, I was like, uh, can you guys maybe not kill me? We'll, we'll call. Yeah, we'll make a call. I guess that's something. <laughs> but yeah, and and, and um, yeah, I love Miss Lint. You know, getting the suit and realizing... The only dumb, ass, well, the only only piece of crap. It's imprinted on him. <laughs> yeah, the only piece of crap that can uh, that can operate this thing is the fr- piece of crap that first put it on. <laughs> yeah, pretty Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, take off your clothes. What? And then watching him try to use the uh, icons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the icons by twisting his head, <laughs> slapping her in the face with the with the with the antenna. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. Oh, that was hilarious, yeah. Oh, I, I feel like we need to address Ramses. Ramses is great. Ramses is hilarious. Yeah, can't help but notice he didn't get the... Can't help but notice he didn't get the tattoo. Everybody else <laughs> yeah. got the tattoo. I've got my own eye thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed. It's just, I love the fact that Ramses is just... He's just this run-of-the-mill gangster type guy, but he's like, branding, man. Branding is important. Branding's important, yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah, true. He's like a middle man. It's like he's very aware of like the world he's in. He's yeah. Like, you gotta have a thing, man. Yeah. My thing is Egyptian stuff. So he tells me, baby, hey, you know, you gotta have a brand. You gotta have a thing. And I'll be like, well, what, what, what should I be, baby? Like, ah, the evil midnight bomber. What bombs at midnight, baby? Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah. Love, I love the evil midnight he's bomber. He's pretty great. Yeah. And he's only in one episode. Yeah. That's well, that's that's the thing is the tick, the the whole thing about the tick in that universe 
is you can meet a character who is so complete and memorable even you know they, there's Boba Fett all the way through this shit yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's like meeting every one of Boba Fett's cousins okay <laughs> um a moment here it's gonna get noisy on the podcast cause I'm hot uh, well I wasn't gonna say anything about it Neil but you know <laughs> you've been you can't help it but you've been staring at me all night yeah exactly does <laughs> it, does it, across from one another yeah, yeah it does you know <laughs> that we're sitting across from each other I don't know what that has anything to do with it but um yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, Ramsey's is all about branding, mm-hmm. you know, and, but he's like, he's like a, I liked its fridge. Yeah. The, like, oh, yeah. God, like, you know, and all it has in it is life water. Life water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always drink that fucking life water. You know, it's like, you don't get much more gangster than just drinking life water all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm thinking, you know, it's like, where's the, where's the alcohol? You know. Oh, and towards the end where he, he actually, he like took a moment to let his friend catch his breath before they went on the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was so great. Yeah. Like, I love how they'll sometimes just kind of like do the exact opposite of well, what you expected expect. in the cliche, yeah. like, scene. He finally did drink alcohol just before, uh, yeah, before just she before showed up. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, because he realized he'd been outed and he was going to die. Right. Well, and then there was the whole thing with, uh, um, I like the scene, the flashback scene with, um, the terror and Miss Lint. You know, and he's telling yeah. her, you gotta own that shit and make it scary, you know. Um, besides, you need to be able to wear black. Yeah. Because <laughs> before... That's you know, why he gave her those bracelets. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so that she could wear black. And then she wore black all the way through. Even after the terror was dead. And I think that was one of the coolest things... That's like her. And after her bracelets malfunctioned, she continued to wear black. Yeah, it's almost like her little bit of devotion to the terror, which is also fitting since people always wear black at funerals, right? But uh, you know, black umbrellas because that's the law, right? Yeah. (laughs) Except for that one person who wears a red dress and carries a red umbrella. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, that was her her change of identity is when she became who she was, but. By the same token, it makes me want to, you know, want to know what the relationship between her and uh, um, and um, Overkill, you know, was like. <clears throat> you know, and how did that end up going? You know, mm-hmm. was she a villain? You know, did she say anything? She say anything about? It? Yeah. Did he say anything about it? Did he mention me at all? Yeah, I don't know. All he said was take off the suit. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of good chemistry between the actors too. Yeah, there's a lot of really. I mean, you're talking about individual performances and writing, and that's all well and good. But without chemistry, a lot of the stuff doesn't work. Right. The scenes I've written don't really work. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Another quote that was that was uh, used. It was a callback. The line from Tick. You're not going crazy. You're going sane in a crazy world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, there it is, there it is. (laughs) Oh, man. Which is uh, frighteningly accurate. Yeah, yeah. For that world, anyway. For that world, yeah. That world is kind of nuts. But... (laughs) It'll be interesting to see if they ramp up to, like, superhero villain quotient. I think uh, my, my expectation will be... After, here is my prediction for what will happen in the last four episodes. The terror will kill Superior. Yeah. And yep. be successful in doing so. 
Because he's got something planned. The big one! Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the big one. Um, however, the Tick and Arthur will get mostly passed over in the press coverage for, ha- for assisting Overkill in taking down the Terror. Yeah. This will lead to a new hero renaissance, which will get me the world that I that I wanted from the animated series, where everybody and his cat is a superhero, <laughs> and nobody's good at it. Super maybe, urchin. Maybe by then Amazon can get the rights to some of the characters. To like Deflator Mouse and American Maid yes. were both invented for the animated show. Yeah. Although to be fair, Deflator Mouse was com- was a was complete crap. He just had good press. He ran away from everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One might say he was deflated. Well, deflator mask is the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was the opposite of Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, he had. Uh, he had all the gadgets. Yeah, he had the gadgets. He had the money. He just didn't have the balls. Yeah. <laughs> or fighting skill. Yeah. Now that was American made. American made was badass through and through. Yeah, any 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 hero that can nail you to the wall with a stiletto with a, yeah. heel. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it was just your attitude too. Yeah. It's always like you know taking charge and not taking any crap from anybody and calling everyone out on their crap. Yeah. And of course, the, you know that her combined with the tick is just such a funny mm-hmm. dynamic. Right. She's so serious all the time. And the tick, I saw a lot of callbacks too in the in this version of the tick, with the original nineteen sixties Batman. Please elaborate. I'd like to hear this. Okay. Well, his um, a lot of his cadence, his voice cadence, was very similar to. He's yeah, kind of Adam Westian, yeah. When you think about it. I mean, he's very much. Of course, Chum is right out of the playbook. Chum, pal, buddy, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. very fifties. You know. You know, I bet the original Tick stuff was heavily inspired by. Oh that yeah, kind of stuff. absolutely. You know, the sh- the campy, the campy stuff. Stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what I found the thing for falling. Oh, what is oh, the yeah. quote? By all means, take it away. <laughs> take it away, Falling. One of humanity's most feared and misunderstood conditions. The key to successful falling lies in realizing that you are... are that you... Wow, they misspelled this. That you are a falling per- person. Do you go stiff? Resist the fall like a standing person? Or do you accept it like a... Defenestrated feline and stay alert to each and every falling opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you falling... Uh, yeah, I mean, and and you know, like so, his, um, but his cadence, his his voice, even, yeah, you know, had that had that almost, uh, you know, almost a bass, yeah, with with a slight grasp, or slight rasp to it, and he takes himself very seriously, except when he's except that he's very happy right. about how serious he is, yeah, <laughs> you know, um. And it's it's very much that, you know, it's very much that whole. This is crime fighting, and this is the good fight, and we will fight it because we're the good guys. <laughs> right, and of course you have the younger sidekick angle too. Yeah, exactly. You know, he was just learning the ropes of crime fighting. 
but I'm not a sidekick. I'm just a normal guy. <laughs> it's like, are you done with that whole secret identity job thing? It's only been an hour. It's terminal, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, what I need, you know, it's like, I need Arthur's brain and the voice box to... to what I want to know is, where would the tick go if Arthur didn't offer to have him stay at his place? Yeah. The mind would, boggles. He would have yeah. just stood outside Arthur's place, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Kind of like... Because uh, when Arthur was... That's what I was, that's the impression I was under. He just kind of stood there looking up. Like, yeah. Now what? <laughs> it reminds me of Castiel from Supernatural. Yeah. Where he's like, I'll just wait here, and he's just standing there awkwardly. <laughs> right? Uh, I think the uh, one of my favorite quotes from from the Tick is from the initial series again. It was in the second episode, uh, before the opening credits, after the pilot, um, where the Tick is being interviewed, and the interviewer says, "Mr. Well, what are your powers?" Well, I'm nigh invulnerable. I have the strength of ten, maybe twenty men. <laughs> Can you blow up the world? Egad, I hope not. Oh, that's where I keep all my stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just read one from the animated series when they're in court. It's uh, Tick and Arthur talking. Why is that man wearing a dress? Because he's the judge. Well, I judge him to be silly. <laughs> yeah, or funny or something along those yeah. lines. Well, and one of my favorite quotes ever has still come from the first episode of the cartoon series, on the animated series. They've got a blimp. Cool. <laughs> it's just the delivery on that. I'm just like going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, he's honestly, never... the animated series, we could talk about that for a little bit. We're running out of things to talk about. Them, yeah. I mean, the animated series is great. The animated series was great. And like you pointed out earlier, it was lightning in a bottle. Yeah. But there was, there was also... A lot of things that were happening around that time. Yeah, because that's when we first started seeing Aeon. Uh, pardon me, Aeon Flux on MTV. Liquid Television. And uh, it became the, its own show. Yeah, and the Max. Oh yeah, that was Max. so fucking surreal. That's a weird ass shit. It was, but it made sense in a in its surreal way. Um, <clears throat> you know. Um, but See, yeah. that's essentially the. Um, the crowning achievement of surreal like entertainment or art is, in my opinion, is when you you see it or experience it or whatever, hear it, you know, whatever the type of art is, and then you 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 experience it so vividly that you start to wonder if you're a little crazy, and that's the point, you right. know, like when well, you get to that weird. Then, and then when you then when it's explained in a different way, yeah, you know, then when you see what was really going on the whole time. Um, yeah, the old perspective. Yeah, shift. the old perspective shift at the end. You're going, oh my god, that just got infinitely more poignant or sad or or whatever. Yeah, because the max was very much like that. You know. Now it it may have been uh, it may have had you know its place and like a trend at that time. But what's great about it is that it's timeless. Because yeah. I I mean you can go you can watch the original animated show today and it doesn't. It, it, not a lot of it's really based on like current events or anything, so it doesn't really feel dated. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a thing that is you know yeah, and, weird and, and you know unique. It, well, and the the tick the animated series and the tick the animate the anim, the Amazon show the Amazon show yeah, um, are both I I think part of what made them so good what what makes them so good and why what made 
the live action one with Patrick Warburton kind of yeah um, from what I understand it was good but it wasn't like it wasn't talk about it for an hour and a half good <laughs> right um, or bad for that matter or bad it was very it was very yeah this is enjoyable right uh, but I think what really makes this work so well um, uh, is the fact that we're we have this superhero and we're in a we're in a time period right now where we are inundated with superheroes with superhero media with movies with uh, Netflix shows with you know with Arrowverse and right and and like the MCU and the DC and the DC whatever the hell they're calling it these years right um yeah and a lot of that and honestly a lot of it I've not liked because of it has been kind of been trying to be a little bit more realistic and gritty. Yeah. Uh, especially with the DCEU. That's why I'm not, I've not been a fan. That's why I liked Wonder Woman so much because they... Yeah, she's a fucking Amazon Amazon princess. Yeah. That's the starting point. Right. Um, which was what I liked. But in any case, um, I think it's nice to have this superhero who is the most black and white, easy superhero imaginable and the most yeah. black and white super villain imaginable right. there's no nuance here the yeah. terror is evil how do you know because he steals ice cream from children and his name is the terror and his name is the terror and the tick is pure good and how do you know because you just know from how he acts yeah yeah as there's never any question of how good yeah. he is there's and there is not and and, and I think what, what is great about that is there's not a hint of nuance. It's all so just out there and in yeah. your face. Whereas everything else is like, oh man, you know, with like with like Captain America Civil War, oh man, maybe, maybe Tony had a point. Or although he didn't have a fucking point, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, or, you know, man, government maybe can be good, can be bad in, in Captain yeah. America. Lots of gray. Yeah, there's yeah. so much gray, whereas the tick and the terror are black and white characters in a in a shades of gray world, mm-hmm. but they are so black and white that they are covering every, that, that they are eliminating the shades of gray between them. Yeah, I mean, because the because the terror is all you know is all about you know let's have fun while we're destroying the world. <laughs> you know, because he he is having fun. There's no doubt. Yeah, about that. no. He, don't kill people because they call you names. Kill people because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, he is gleefully evil. He is. Yeah, he. Well, just, that's the interesting thing is the tick is having equal, if not more, uh, a greater amount of fun at protecting the world. Yeah. So they both have a lot in common in a sense. Their alignments, their alignments on the on the alignment. Chaotic chart. good, chaotic evil. Uh, no, they're both gleeful. Oh, gleeful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one's gleeful good, one's gleeful evil. Gleeful evil. Well, see, the, the tick is, is hard to peg because he is both lawful and chaotic at the same time. He is very lawful, but in a chaotic manner, right? Honestly, He's unpredictable. I would I would quantify both of them as neutral aspects of their good, of their good evil alignment. Yeah, well, okay. Be- because it's... what they care about is the good and the evil. But that's why the nine alignment system sucks. Because there's not a really good way to just to to judge the words. Yeah, it's guidelines. I I honestly would peg uh, the tick as lawful nice. 
<laughs> yeah. It's not so much about good, it's just he's lawful nice. <laughs> no, he's, he's about good, he's about good. Um, it seems like Arthur's lawful neutral, because he's just like, I just want people to know and then I'm done. Now, well, granted, he may have evolved over the course of the show. Yeah, because he starts off... Episode with, 1, totally lawful neutral in my book. Yep. Actually, I saw lo- episode 1 as lawful scared shitless. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, neutral is all about self-interest, so that, that tracks. Uh, well, I mean, he... You can be friendly and still be, you know, uh, self-preservation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the tick is yeah, lawful nice or chaotic nice. Um, I don't know the meaning of the word surrender. I mean, I know it. I'm not dumb. I'm <laughs> just not in this context. <laughs> Another great line I found from the tick is, "When you get into bed with evil incarnate, it always takes the covers." <laughs> so, uh, I've said it uh, to you guys before but my favorite scene from the entire animated series is the tick set I don't remember why uh, he end, they end up at a diner a lot don't they in the animated somewhat it's, frequently it's kind of like it's kind of like their peach pit he, the tick is at the at a diner or at the diner because I think it's the same one each yeah time. I'm pretty sure it's the diner they're sitting the Kirk. just like there's the city the diner. Yeah, the diner. and this yeah. guy questions him about being a superhero. Um, I actually found the, uh, the dialogue. Says, so you're a superhero, huh? What sort of costume is that supposed to be? He goes, costume? No costume, friend. I am simply the tick. He goes, well, you can't be the tick. Ticks are arachnids. They've got eight legs. How do you know I don't? He says, ticks suck blood. Do you suck blood? Uh, yeah, I suck blood all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Says, look, I got a straw right here, pal. You want a demonstration? <laughs> and from what I remember, he grabs the straw and actually goes after him. Yes. Yeah, he pushes <laughs> yeah. it down with the straw, inhaling deeply. I found a website that actually has a bunch of sound bites from the animated series uh, that would make great ringtones. Yeah. Including that little bit. <laughs> I drink blood all the time. Well, I mean, the reason I introduced myself today as Dinosaur Neil is because that was one of my favorite episodes, The Tick versus Dinosaur Neil, including, <laughs> hey, cool, they got a blimp. <laughs> hey, cool, they got a blimp. Yeah. yeah so some of the quotes, they're just so weird. Like, I mean, yeah, even they're, they're even, so out. They're so out there. By the way, I've, uh, I found my, my, thought, my final thought. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an Evil Midnight Bomber reference, so. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Even in context, they're weird. Yeah, it's just that delivery is like cool. They got a blimp. But like out of context. Man, I'm gonna get copyright struck now. It's extremely weird. Well, we're using it for review. You no, know, in this particular case, we are. T- I am totally in fair use, but I'm gonna get a strike now. Thanks, Wookie. <laughs> it's not music. It doesn't matter. It's it's a saved audio file. I'm not sure which episode it's from, but I found one. This is again the tick quote here. Well, once again, my friend, we find that science is a two-headed beast. One head is nice, it gives us aspirin and other modern conveniences. But the other head of science is bad. That was from the Tick vs. Dinosaur Neil. Oh, okay. I know this because I learned a thing that got me onto a quiz bowl team in high school from the Tick, which is that acetyl salicylic acid is better known as aspirin. Um. Because Dinosaur Neil was a paleontologist at an archaeological dig just off the city. Um, and they had managed to synthesize some dinosaur flesh that was growing at an alarming rate. They kept it, uh, they, they kept it, um, 
dormant by keeping it in a solution of acetyl salicylic acid. So it was important to find to know that that was aspirin because they wouldn't get a dinosaur-sized aspirin pill oh. um, for dinosaur Neil and throw it down his throat after he had eaten that dinosaur flesh. Oh, yeah, and I remember the tick a... grabbing a giant thing of aspirin. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I remember. Yeah, the... well, they go to a pharmacist and we need we we need an aspirin about this about you know about big enough for a dinosaur and this old like this geriatric uh, pharmacist says, okay. I'll go get the forklift. <laughs> like, it's not even a question as to why. <laughs> oh, beware of the other head of science, Arthur. It bites. <laughs> yeah, so many great quotes. Uh, another great, great quote. Destiny's powerful hand has made the bed of my future, and it's up to me to lie in it. I am destined to be a superhero, to right wrongs, and to pound two-fisted justice into the hearts of evildoers everywhere. And you don't fight destiny, no sir. And you don't eat crackers in the bed of your future, where you get all scratchy. <laughs> it's like you say, he mixes his metaphors so well. You know, it's like a fine martini of metaphors. There is a trope that the tick embodies perfectly, and that is Metaphorgotten. Metaphorgotten, yes. <laughs> where <coughs> he loses the where you lose the thread of your metaphor about halfway through, but you keep going anyway. And, and, but he still stays within the metaphor itself. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that opening theme too, by the way. Yeah. Well and, and the opening okay, the opening theme, um it mirrors what something the tick says early on. You're a balloon of hope. It transforms into a butterfly. <laughs> and it's it's the tick chasing the balloon until the terror's hand grabs it. Yeah. And then it turns into Arthur. Ah. Well played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technically a moth, but you know. Yeah. Close enough. But still, I mean, yeah, it's moth it, butterfly. But it's you know, it almost difference. embodies the entire hero's journey. Because then of course there's all the dangers. Um, and just and just the random like irreverence of a like a scat cadence and an opening for a cartoon show is just great. <laughs> da wee da 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 wee da. That was from the animated thing. Da wee da 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 It's like they went they went Bobby McFerrin for the you know for the theme. <laughs> Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, I mean, it just there's so many things about the tick because it's a total lampshade of the entire superhero. Yeah, no, it, it and and that was I, I I forgot my metaphor a long time my my point a long time ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny considering you were just yeah. talking about the whole um, metaphorgotten. But thing. like. Right? The reason that it is so perfect um, is because we're we are inundated, and the reason it was so good in the '90s was because we were inundated with a lot of animated um, superheroes. Well, those were those were the days of like Spawn and yeah. stuff like that, where it was like gritty violence. Now we also this had Batman the Animated Series, which is also on Amazon Prime. Fucking great, um, but um, but it the it 
But it was, it did happen in, it did happen in the 90s. It did happen in the 90s, and comics of the 90s were very much grim, dark. Right. Well, it, it was Tom either, McFarlane bullshit. Yeah, it was, it was Tom McFarlane and Rob Liefeld bullshit. Right. Yeah. Because you had, you had, had you had grim, dark, and you had, and you had muscles where a person's thigh was whiter than their head. Yeah, and, and their and and their shoulders were like you know a city block. All the talk yeah. about the and their costumes yeah. consisted of about fifteen belts and thirty-seven pouches. Yeah, for, right. the, for all the talk about unrealistic uh, and female depictions in comics, which is well warranted. There were a lot of unrealistic male depictions yeah. as well, and yeah, that but, is a classic example. Yeah, but the thing about the women was spines do not bend that way. Right. Well, and yeah. So often you had you had. Somehow you had women who were contorted in such a way as they could display both their ass and their tits right. at the same time. Yeah, the classic TNA shot. Where it's like a T-1000 thing where they're all melty so that they, they can get those perfectly... Spines do not bend that way. <laughs> right? If it's bending that way, consult the doctor immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Kara calls them MC, uh, MC Escher girls. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, that's a very good point. I mean, everything was all like serious and violent and grimdark, mm-hmm. and then you had the tick. And then you had the tick. Yeah. Well, when the comics were actually pretty dark, um, but comedically dark, not grimdark. Right. Yeah. There's a big well, difference. Well, and also, you know, in the '90s, you had the the whole idea of um, you had heroes who were not heroes. Well, that was like the kind of whole the popularity of the antihero, essentially. Mm-hmm. With you know, or heroes who didn't want to be heroes, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't ask for this. Rudy McBruderson. Yeah, exactly. Well, back back then, uh, we had a nickname for the X Men comics. It was not the X Men; it was the Angst Men. The Angst Men. Yeah. <laughs> Where Doctor Doom could could walk through, and just wipe out the X Men by going, "He's secretly in love with you. you know, <laughs> yeah. She doesn't even know you exist." And it's, you know, and it just, because everything, get, you know, was getting so existential. And about 80% of that was Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because you had Wolverine who was, you know, you know, a walking Ginsu knife factory, you know. I mean, he has so much, like, emo baggage. Like, oh, I will live but, forever and forget yeah. myself, and who am I really, and I'm in a love triangle. And yeah. Like, Jesus, man, just claw something off. And then, yeah, but then he ends up killing <laughs> every woman he loves. <laughs> anyway, don't so, want to get hung up on Wolverine. That was part of the problem. He'd claw himself and it'd just heal. Yeah. 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 And he's the ultimate cutter. He can cut forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it was, you know, it was always, it was always about everything but being a hero. Right. You know. Um, except for Spider-Man. And even then, you had a lot of, a lot of his worst stuff. You know, during that the time, the Clone Saga, the Clone uh, Saga, yeah, so One More bad. Day, I think, ended up coming uh, long after that. You know, and and that's something that really you know gets to one of my general complaints about the the comic industry in you know until fairly recently, and even then, it's still kind of is it's about everything but being a hero. Uh huh. You know, I mean, even Green Arrow, even Arrow. You know, to me, to a large extent, one of the reasons I'm not as fond of that is, you know, it's about Ollie doing everything wrong, <laughs> but you know, doing everything right, but still managed to do everything wrong, and everything but being a hero, except for when he's a hero and then he's kicking ass, you know. 
the Flash concentrates more on the heroic aspect. Yeah. And where that costs him. Um, you know, I, I'm uh, watching, you know, going back to Smallville, though, you know, because we're watching that in comparison, that is about what it takes to become a hero. I think when you look at, uh, I mean, whether it be TV adaptations or just the comics themselves, what you find is when it's episodic or, you know, issue-based or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to, there's just so much sheer content you have to constantly put out that it's just an, an inevitability, that's tough to enunciate, Yeah. Um, that you will get into all that stuff because you got to fill pages. If it was just, I'm a hero being heroic all the time, it would get old, it would be the same thing over and over and over and over again. Well, you know, and that, that sold comics for years and years. Um, but, well, yeah, but to be fair, I think people had a lot simpler taste back then. Yeah. Things were a lot more well, pulpy back in, like, the 60s and stuff. Well, then you get to the new, like, the new 70s. Ultimates universe. To me, that was the biggest travesty of, you know, because it was a lot of people trying to be edgy. Some of the Ultimate storylines were actually really good. Some, not I actually many. really liked the first storyline of the Ultimates, the, uh, their Avengers run. Yeah, but having Cap as a as a bitter or you know hero, no Cap's supposed to be the supposed to be the the symbol for yeah. all those people. Some of the changes that came about with the Ultimate Story, the Ultimate Change, like Fury, Fury was one of the best changes that came out of the Ultimate. He wasn't yeah. too bitter in Ultimates One. He just got worse. Yeah, well, when he kicked Bruce Banner when he was down, you know, um, that's. That's a betrayal of everything Captain America is. Well, I'm uh, blissfully ignorant to most of that stuff. Or the time when he beat the fu- the ever-loving shit out of Hank Pym for beating his wife, but Hank had it coming. Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't even realize there's a Hank beating his wife storyline. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's that's been in Marvel going yeah. all the way back to what the 70s. Yeah. Wow. Hank, Hank being an abusive husband to Janet Van Dyne is old canon. Yeah. He nearly kills her in uh, issue six of I the Ultimates. I didn't read any of those comics In ever. issue seven, ever. the entirety of issue seven is Cap finding Hank Pym and beating him within an inch, within an inch of his life. That's the I gotta say, I, I love that you phrased it that way. <laughs> within an inch of his life. Because that's, very, that's very on brand. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Hank Pym has been running as Giant Man, not Ant Man. Well, yeah. Yeah. So well, see, and, and the thing about this is, it goes stems back to an incident all the way back in the. By the way, we're pretty much out of time. Seventies or eighties. I was going to say we're digressing quite a bit. Anyway. Hank slaps Janet once, and I think it was when he was being mind controlled or something like that. But it just it reverberated that you know that one that incident reverberates all the way through Marvel comics. Yep. So yeah, the tick is uh, I guess the, the tick is everything that isn't. Indeed. Lighthearted, yeah. I guess, is a good way to sum it up. Yeah. Despite all the violence and blood and stuff. It's, it's, it's a very uh, lighthearted. It's a very, um, you know, it's a very satirical or at least parody of a lot of the superhero stuff. But it's also very much about the hero's journey. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, they're, they're serious about they that. They make that very blatant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah they're they're without it. ruining it. Yeah, yeah, they're on the nose about that, you know. But that, but it... But the way the Tick delivers it, it's just within his own paradigm. Right. It, it's like the, it's like the Tick is narrating the story, but while well, it's like the narrator decided, I don't want to just narrate. I want to be part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah. kind of fits with the whole Tick is crazy, thus his stuff becomes meta. Yeah. It's kind of like Deadpool breaking yeah. the fourth wall in a way. Yeah. I mean, he's not aware of it, so it's different. But it's like it's just like a natural extension of his insanity is that 
what what he chooses to say also frames the story for the viewer. Yeah. Wait. Well, he's so he's so crazy that someone else is hallucinating. Right. You know that that he's affecting someone yeah. else. He is a Malkavian. Yeah. <laughs> like, I we uh, when we were talking about how him and the terror are so different. I I sincerely doubt this is going to be the case, but I thought it'd be weird that the reason that the tick. Um, has no memory of who he is is because it's part of the terror's process for achieving what he's been trying to achieve is he's been trying to get all of the good out of him kind of like what Ed Bison did in that crappy other Street Fighter movie he did have you seen The Legend of Chun-Li? I have not One of the I things, stand by my decision Okay. One of, the, <laughs> one of the things that Ed Bison did to try to achieve like trying to maintain focus on his evil goals was he took all of his innocence and put it into his daughter. Mm. That's weird. So he had no good in him whatsoever. Mm. And I just had this weird feeling of what if that's what the tick was, was all of the terror's goodness. <laughs> A weird concept. And that's why the tick has no memory, because he literally just was formed. became. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody knows who he is. Yeah. Right, and he doesn't he just appear out of nowhere. Yeah, and even Google search didn't turn him up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we are out of time. I know I was quiet for a while, um, but that was because I was distracted by my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, final thoughts. What if you have Amazon Prime? Watch the show. If you don't, find someone who does and borrow their info. Yeah. Yeah. Or at the very least. <laughs> Go Give one of those else. free trials that they're always handing out like candy, and then yeah. you cancel yeah. when you're done if you don't want to keep subscribing. Yeah, um, yep. I highly recommend it mm-hmm. to anyone who likes to have things highly recommended to them. Yeah, the tick is the tick is more than just a hero show. It's mm-hmm. it's a metaphor. Uh, actually, it's so good it's a metaphor five. Not sure what it's a metaphor for, but uh, that's why it's a metaphor five. <laughs> Sounds like a tickism. I like it. Yeah, or if it's if it's a metaphor four, then it's what meta eight or meta sixteen. Yeah, it depends on if you're multiplying. Or yeah, what you're multiplying by. Anyways, indeed. Mike, you got anything more? Uh, pretty much covers it. Um, I just I would say that you know whether you're uh, a fan of any of the other source material or you're just completely new to it, I recommend it equally. It's awesome and hilarious and unique. So you know, yeah, do you see it. Yeah, okay. I think that this is just further proof that if you let people who have a passion for the original material actually do the reboots and the remakes. Mm-hmm. You get good stuff. Reboots can be good if they're done right, and the way to do them right is typically to put them in the hands of the people who really, absolutely love things. Yeah. Oh, and also, viva la streaming, because the freedom that is allowed through these new platforms is what's giving us this kind of unconventional yeah. stuff that would yeah, make it untraditional. Because this would never get fucking greenlit again uh, by regular TV. No, because right. they're the customers. Niche markets for the win. Yeah, well, Amazon can do what they want. And as as you it's going well going back to you know this weekend geek this weekend entertainment look at who 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 killed the Emmys yeah Netflix Hulu and Amazon and Amazon yeah you know all the networks are going right what the hell man <laughs> you know the fact that I didn't bother to watch it only underscores the point yeah and Veep but then yeah Veep is apparently really fucking learned. But my, my point being is, is that the the networks are kind of sitting here 
getting left behind mm-hmm. by people who can step outside of the common paradigm. The blockbuster video as to movies, the networks are to television these days, and yes. at least it's getting that point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm. I have cable right now, and I'm pretty close to just getting rid of it because virtually everything I watch now is streamable. I haven't had cable for years. I don't have cable, and haven't since I lived in a place that gave it to, that gave it away for that as part of the rent. So yeah. I can't remember the one, last time I actually watched live TV. Yeah. Ducktales. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> Other than Ducktales, yeah. Yeah. Of course, that was a Which marathon is, anyway, so yeah, it's whatever. And then they put it up online. <laughs> yep. Yep. Wow. Which that is starting up officially this Saturday. Woo! Excellent. Or I should say, woo! woo. <laughs> um, next week will be Kingsman. Yes. Um, oh my god! <laughs> the week after that will be. Uh, ben and I will go to a convention. Oh hey Ben, what what's what's is it is that Consplosion this this Consplosion down in Fort Smith, Arkansas? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, weekend on the 29th through the what thirtieth uh, through the or 29th through the first. Uh, yep, Ben and I will be there. Uh, ben will be selling things. I will have a thing to sell. I once again will not have a banner because I'm stupid and ran out of money to buy a banner. But Neil will be selling my shit for me. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> selling his shit, and I will have. One thing that I will have 100, th- uh, 100 copies to sell, after which I will be out. Hopefully, I will sell out. Here's something. That'd be what, 200 bucks? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to price it at 5 bucks. Ah, there you go, potential 500 bucks. Okay. So, alright. So, yeah, this has been Dinosaur Neil. Chairface Mike. Pirate Ben. And Wookie. And Wookie. And Wookie. And the next week on Geek Anthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by A Space and the number 24. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating on our website, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. Surf's up, space ponies! I'm making gravy without the lumps!